to the, another edition of Office Hours. This is your brother, Professor Carl Tone Jones, and I'm glad you've all decided to tune in this evening. Hopefully you can hear me well, and uh, if not, you know, let me know. Let me know if you can't hear anything. I know we have the music popping in the background. Um, for those of you who don't know, that is the instrumental for the For My People jam that was actually the featured song in the Independence Day Project. And if you have not gotten your copy of the Independence Day Project, I don't know what you're waiting for, family. But I can't keep telling y'all about it. Y'all going to do what you're going to do with it. You know what I'm saying? Um, but um, this week, man, we've had a very interesting week. First and foremost, I want to thank everybody that came out to Etiola's on Friday for the pre-Malcolm X Day uh, movie um, showing of the Independence Day Project. Um, we had a wonderful time, uh, able to break bread with the family. Uh, we showed a 15-minute clip. Uh, a lot of brothers and sisters there were able to purchase copies on the spot. And we had a very good conversation. 
about, you know, um, things we need to do, things that we need to do to push towards black independence. So I think I want to thank everybody that came out to ATOLA's on Friday. I'm outside, so you know, either my allergies or the bugs are going to get me, but we're rocking out on the porch. I'm going to try to do the thing outside while the weather's nice. Now, when it becomes oppressive out here, you know what I'm saying? I'm going to um, possibly take it back indoors, but we'll see how that works out. Make sure you share this, family. I can't ask you enough. Just click the share button on your uh, computer, on your screen, because, family, we need to really start you know, um, being, being the generators and the masters of our own information. Too often, too much, we are um, always upset about how our information is distributed, how our information is disseminated, and yet and still we keep going back to the same media sources that are not properly representing us, that are showing us in a negative light, and are, you know, they're, they're, they're pretty much um, masters at practicing yellow journalism. And we keep going back to them. You can't appeal to their... Um, you can't appeal to to their consciousness or their morality. They have none, and we be you know we've been trying to say that over and over again, family. You're dealing with the people without a soul, and it doesn't serve their interest to promote you. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't serve their interest to promote you in a proper light, to show you um, dignified and respectful, or, or even show you in a, a positive light that's not benefiting them. So, you know what I'm saying? Um, I'm not sure. Uh, I know uh, one day we're going to get Erica back, <laughs> just not now. Um, so we want to jump right into it. You know, uh, we'll tell you, Dwight, you want to hear about the NFL bullshit? Well, um, all right, hold, stay tuned because we're going to come back. We're going to come to the NFL. All of this stuff is related, family. All of this stuff we're talking about is related. See, we keep thinking as these isolated events, whether it's the NFL deciding that they're going to make it a policy where teams get fined if you take a knee. You know what I'm saying? You know, uh, protesting the flag. They turned the whole protest from it being a stance to, to speak on police brutality and to speak on the, the, the harmful treatment that black people have been getting from law enforcement. They took the whole piece of that and turned it and reshaped it into somehow disrespecting the flag and disrespecting the armed services. You know, this is the same country that, literally speaking, like, Hundreds of vets die a month. Hundreds of former war veterans, hundreds of former, you know, enlisted servants die a month because they can't get proper health care. They can't even get through half the time when they call the VA. You're talking about a country where people literally step over homeless veterans to, to go to their coffee shops or to go into their buildings where just just over in Britain, right? They didn't they clean all the streets. I bet you with some vets out there on the streets that they cleaned off the streets for that wedding. You know what I'm saying? So, so you know, we're gonna get into that uh, that that concept because um, you know, the whole the, the NFL is, is is bullshit. But they get to do what they do because we keep we don't have a standard. And I want y'all to understand something. This this stance that they're taking has nothing to do with black people. They can give less than a fuck about your participation. So we're going to get into that. But I want to talk about the whole thing, you know, because I woke up on Sunday morning and, um, I mean, excuse me, Saturday morning. I woke up on Saturday morning. I realized I wasn't going to head out because it was torrential rain all over the place. I'd just been out Friday night. So, unfortunately, I didn't get to go out to none of the Malcolm X events that were going on. But 
you know, I was hoping to be able to catch some of the stuff through social media. I figure I, I, I have a pretty conscious group of people that I'm in line with on social media. So, you know, to my dismay, I get on social media and the first thing I hear people talking about, gushing about, is this royal wedding. How this is a come up for black people. How this is black girl magic. And I'm trying to figure out, wait a minute. Are they talking about Meghan Markle marrying, you know, Prince Harry? Are they talking about this? The, the, you know, and they got then, then people started gushing over it. Then I, because I, pur I, I purpose myself to not wanting to engage in those types of, um, you know, those types of event, that type, those types of pageantry, because I look at the distraction. I, I'm paying attention to. I'm trying to pay attention to what's going on while the spectacle is being performed in front of us. Like what laws and policies are being passed right now? What edicts are being, you know, how are the pieces on the chessboard being maneuvered while they have us focus on these things? So I try not to even focus on those things. But one of the things that pretty much disappointed me was the response from the community. And not necessarily the response from average brothers and sisters on the community. All right, now, not the response from average brothers and sisters, because I expect average brothers and sisters to get caught up like they always. Average, the average everyday brother and sister, they know just about as much as you know, family. Don't be fooled into thinking that people aren't awoke. They don't know what's happening around the world. They are just as much um, aware in terms of government, politics, and all the things happening, white supremacy, as you are. The only thing is they take a stance is to not get involved. So I expected the, the folks who are gleefully ignorant to do gleefully ignorant shit. I expected them to be dressed up at 5 a.m. in the morning. You know, when they can't get to work on time, but they can get dressed up 5 a.m. in the morning like they're actually attending this so-called royal wedding. I expect for them to fall in league with the whole notion that this is a come up for black people because in their minds, white was always right and white is always better. So the, the higher up the, the food chain you get into white society, the more um, accomplished they feel. All right. I'm OK with that because I already understand we're not going to have a, 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 the, the lump sum of people on our team right now. Uh, the majority of the black community right now are bandwagon fans. So, and because we don't have a collective code of conduct, uh, code of conduct, conduct right now, um, because we don't have a collective code of conduct, family, we currently are dealing with a situation, man, where uh, everybody on in our community are free agents. There's no accountability in our community. You know what I'm saying? There's no accountability for us in terms of breaking the code of being uh, uh, of, of, of being black. Like, for instance, in the Jewish community, there are certain things that you do in the Jewish community that are punishable to you. You get written off in the Jewish community, and they make sure that they don't support you. They make sure none of their factions support you collectively if you violate the code in the Jewish community. Latino community has the same code. All the other factions of the white community, whether you're Italian, German, you know, Italy, uh, I mean, um, English or French, um, Belgium, whatever. They all have a similar code. There's certain things. This is why when, when the police shootings take place, they already know law enforcement is on their side. Law enforcement was put in place to protect them from us. You know what I'm saying? Because they're still seen as members of the whole white supremacist conglomerate. You know what I'm saying? So they see themselves as you know um they, they align themselves with the interest of the police and law enforcement because that's their protection those that's those are their protection um their protection whatever you want to call it 
the 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 army, you know, what I'm saying the security force, they they recognize that as citizens. They get that they get that granted to them. <clears throat> Excuse me. And you never hear them speak out about police brutality in a way where um, they're truly trying to hold police accountable for you know killing unarmed black people and the terrorism on a day-to-day basis that's delivered through the black community. You'll never see that happen. They're on code. And um, but we don't have that code in our community. And that's why, you know, we're pretty much free agents. And I've been listening to Dr. Bobby Wright, and I shared a few of his videos on my um, page today because he was speaking about the menticide of black people and speaking about the menticide, and this is back in the 1980s now, speaking about how we have been brainwashed into doing things that are systemically destructive to building a black nation while systemically empowering to, to maintaining and upholding other communities, specifically white supremacy, all right? And just talking, just, 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 just listening to some of the things he was bringing up and some of the things he was discussing, it sort of brought in line and kept in line, you know, the, the understanding that as black people in America, we are, we're, we're the freest people in America, but yet still we're the most in bondage, people that suffer the most bondage. And let me explain it to you. Culturally speaking, there is nothing about the black culture that tells us that we need to be accountable for one another. Just today, uh, a post that I had put up on um, Sunday, I said, as a post that said, Malcolm X sacrificed everything for his love of black people. And then you got Negroes that won't sacrifice a cup of coffee, a cup of overpriced coffee for black people. And there was a guy, I don't know whether it was a black man or whether it was a troll, who came on at the end and said, why should I sacrifice anything for black people? He said, see what I'm saying? There's no code, there's no punishment for people who disown our community. You know what I'm saying? We have people who disrespect our community left and right, and then we let them back in. We have R. Kelly disrespecting black people just, just based on his actions, and then we still find a way to justify him. You know what I'm saying? We, we don't hold him accountable. Um, Al Sharpton has been a uh, known FBI informant, yet and still Reverend Al gets called a lot when we have issues and crises in the black community. You know what I'm saying? We have people who have gone on to, you know, um, to just basically create dangerous situations for black people. And they consistently get, you know, they consistently get their, their black card reinstated by some faction of the community. Barack Obama, this man could walk on water as far as some black people are concerned. And he committed some of the most treasonous acts towards the black community. He's the one who initiated to start the Blue Lives Matter bills and packages that's been going on right now at the height of police brutality and murder of unarmed black people, the, the, the highest number of black lynchings, if you want to call the the the, un, the unarmed murdering, the unarmed killings of black people by police, if you want to call those lynchings, it was the largest number since 1921 during the, during the Obama administration. And yet still he signed in the policy, Blue Lives Matter policies, and to this day there's still people to this day that will still you know, um, see, see him as a measure of black progress, as a, as a positive picture of what black people can be. Listen, we have to stop getting um, caught up in this fairy tale that says white progress into white spaces, places that, are, that typically speaking were exclusive to white people and exclusive to members of the white community and most importantly, non-black people. 
that because we have now been offered invitations into those places does not make it a marketable uh, response to black progress. This is not marketable black progress, being invited into places that were formerly exclusive. So basically, we were excluded from these places. Now you let us in. It doesn't matter. You know, you only let selective black people in, might I add. So let's get to the whole idea. Let's get to the uh, the, the, the royal wedding. And Wakusu, Dr. Samari Swagger, Peace of Black Power, Brother Edward McGill, and everybody else um, who's been on the thread, Deidre Brown, Sister Deidre Brown. Um, oh, you left a post. All right, somebody check out Sister Deidre Brown's post. Uh, Sister Linda, Peace and Black Power Queen, glad you're inviting people to the show. Um, invite more people, fam. Hit the share button, family. Hit the share, family. You know what I'm saying? Hit the share button, family. Uh, we need more people to get in to get in on this conversation tonight. You know what I'm saying? Um, <laughs> he said from the cotton field to the cotton club. So let's talk about that because there's a meme going on right now, man. You know, and there's a meme that um, has a picture, has three pictures on the meme. And it's speaking about black progress. All right. So the, the meme goes from the cotton fields to the White House to the castle. You know what I'm saying? In other words, that was black progress. And it showed one, um, a picture of an ancestor or probably somebody playing an ancestor's role um, in a, a sister in a cotton field. All right, she was obviously a slave. So, blood. All right, beloved. But then we got the picture of Michelle Obama in the White House. Then the third picture is Meghan Markle at this wedding. All right. So now we got. So so we have people who believe that somehow, some way, this is a come up for black people. And I've even had black people on that day say that black people could benefit from having somebody on the inside of the royal crown. Let me be clear, family. <laughs> You're talking about, this isn't, this first of all, this whole idea about royalty and things of that nature, European royalty is tarnished. It's embellished, it's fabricated, it's fantasized. But there's nothing glorious about it. Nothing glorious about it. You're talking about the, the world's greatest rapists and pillagers that the, the, the world's ever seen, the most, the most deviant people the world has ever seen, who got everything they had from robbing, stealing, killing, and murdering, causing mass, causing mass exterminations around the world, mass overthrows of governments around the world, deceitful politics, you know, biological warfare around the world. And now we're supposed to be honored that they would invite a quatroon or an octoroon woman. When I say quatroon and octoroon, I'm going back to the Jim, not the Jim Crow, but I'm going back to the, the slave code analogies and the slave code breakdowns of how much black blood you have in you. So some people say, well, one grandparent was black, so that makes you a quatroon. Some people say, well, you can go far enough back to one great great grandparent. With, I mean, well, excuse me, one um, one great great grandparent was black, so that made you an octoroon because you were like one eighth white. So we have a one eighth white. You know what I'm saying? 
a woman who has not even acknowledged her blackness anywhere in the world. She's never taken a stance on anything for black people. How the hell is that black, black girl magic? Family, we need to redefine. We need to redefine what black girl magic is. Ah, uh, let's see. Exactly, brother IJ, my brother IJ, Tiana Hall Liberation School. He said these Negroes want to be accepted so bad it's sad and shameful. Indeed. My brother Q Butter, peace and black power, brother. What's good? What's good with your family up there in Zyx representing Brooklyn? Y'all make sure y'all get out to 1324 St. Mark's and get y'all, you know what I'm saying, get y'all studio time in. You know what I mean? Um, Sister DJ, exactly, Sister DJ Brown. She wasn't the first. In fact, if you go back to the history of the British monarchy, you will find that it is indeed lined with black faces and African faces. All right, if you went back. But we're not giving a damn about them right now. All right, this is about us right now. And the, the, point, of the, the point of the matter is, you know, while we bring this up, we, we recently had some incidents within this country. All right, let's just let's just lie, lay them down. Over the last month, we've had incidents where where, where black men were had police called on them in Starbucks here in Philadelphia, right? Just wanting to use the bathroom. We so we said, all right, we're done with Starbucks, even though I saw people in Starbucks today. But that's another story. But we collectively said we're done with Starbucks. We've had repeated incidents in the Waffle House, right? Waffle House restaurant. Right, in uh, Texas and in Tennessee, I mean, um, Alabama, right? One Waffle House was purposely found and purposely, where black people were pur purposely, you know, hunted down and uh, a, a racist white supremacist showed up and started killing, the, you know, the, the brothers and sisters sitting down there trying to eat in a Waffle House. Targeted. It's, this is a targeted hit. Then, you know what I'm saying? Um, Oh yeah, everyone, I ain't gonna get into that, brother. I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about that in one second, brother. I'm gonna talk about that situation in the movie theater. But we also had so then we had the sister in that same weekend practically stripped naked. Practically stripped naked. You know what I'm saying? By a police officer for saying she wasn't going to pay for plastic utensils at a Waffle House. And instead of them contacting the manager, they called the police. So we said, you know what, we're done with the Waffle House. The sisters just had a, um, a, a rally, a protest about that this weekend. Peace and black power to y'all queens, you know what I mean, rocking out. You know what I'm saying? So we said, oh, we're done with the Waffle House. You know what I'm saying? Now, we're done with the Waffle House because they disrespected black people. We're done with, you know, um, the coffee shop. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I, keep, I forget the name of the damn coffee shop. <laughs> we're done with Starbucks because they disrespected black people. But the same people that said we should be done with Starbucks, the same people that said we should be done with the Waffle House were gushing over this fucking wet. And let me just, let, let's just go back for a second. Every encounter that Britain, not the rest of Europe, Britain has had with African people has always been to take, to, 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 to not just disrespect, kill, rob, and pillage. So they were far more disrespectful, far more harmful, far more hurtful to black people than Waffle House. Than the, you know, the, the um, uh, Starbucks. They were far more harmful to black people. Why is it then we're able to find a way, a loophole, a negritude loophole 
Why is it we're able to find a negritude loophole to get into, to, to be a part of the fuckery that took place over this weekend with that damn way? You know what I'm saying? We say, Brother Edward, ask a Tasmanian, we can't find one. They wiped out the Tasmanians. For them and their European cousins, they wiped out a lot of different phenotypes of Africans. They actually hunted down specific Africans, have certain phenotypes, they hunted them down and killed them just because they stayed, they were the most rebellious tribe. They were the most rebellious. They had the most rebellious features. People, Africans of those features had the most rebellious uh, 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 mannerisms about them, and they just could not be beaten into captivity. So this is this this, this is this is in, in the understanding of the mindset that says that we needed to be a part of it. And then you say, well, the wedding, you know, they had a black band play. Well, they always had black hired help. You had uh, two black ministers. Listen, Obama invited every damn rapper, hip hop, MC, basketball player, you want to name it, to sit in the White House. How did that improve conditions for black people? In fact, I would argue that this royal wedding is Obama, the British, the, the British edition of Obama. That this royal wedding was nothing more than a power play to legitimize recolonization of Africa. But we're so caught up in the pageantry. I saw people saying, can't we just have a moment of joy? What joy do you get out of, you know, uh, applauding the people who profited off the pain of your people? What joy do you get out of that? What joy can you, can? how can you consistently, it's like somebody shot your cousin and then they got married and then you say, well, I just want to throw rice and flowers at their wedding. I forgive them. Y'all got family members that, that have done things less egregious that you haven't spoken to in years. You've got friends that have done things less egregious that you have totally turned them off. You, you don't answer their phone. You block their calls, all sorts of things. But yet and still, we seem to have this unmitigated, uh, this unmitigated need to be accepted in these spaces of the proximity of whiteness. And that's the sickness that we need to address, family. That's the mental side that we need to address. We seem to, we, we, I've seen, I've literally seen on two ends of a block, homeless people, one black, one white. I've seen black people drive past the black homeless brother, but then wanted to express their humanity by reaching into their purses and giving money to the homeless white man. I've seen this with my own eyes. What do we get out of trying to consistently buy our way into heaven? Because that's what it is, family. We see the white community in the openness, the gates of heaven. St. Michael is at the gates waiting for us. Eventually, we're going to show the white man enough good deeds, and they're going to let us in. This is what we're seeing, family. This is what we're talking about. And then we've had people making up excuses about why they watched the wedding, this, that. Listen, you wanted to be a part of that moment. You see, you have this fantasy, and, and, and it's it's okay, family. We got to understand and accept the fact that the indoctrination and the programming has taken full effect, you know what I'm saying, on us. 
We've got to concede to that. It was heartbreaking to me to see so many black people who, who claim to be about black empowerment who jumped on board with what we saw this past weekend. People who were talking about independent black communities was talking about how this can be progress for black people. How this was a step in the right direction for black people. Because after all, Prince Harry married um, Meghan Markle out of pure love. Are you? Okay. This is a point where normally, see, I'm glad I stopped drinking because if I didn't stop drinking, I would need a damn drink. I would need the strongest shit straight, no chaser for that analogy. Because that means you have no idea whatsoever of the historical um, functionality of white supremacy. They don't function. Oh yeah, I'm gonna get to that Nazi shit in a minute. They don't function out of raw emotion like we do. They don't believe in unadulterated tales of love, love at first sight, and you know, letting your emotions become your reality. They don't function like that. Everything they do is calculated. Every move they make is calculated with years on end. They think about 50-year plans, 100-year, multi-generational plans in terms of the future and their lineage. And they take that blood very seriously. A lot of y'all don't know, but Meghan Markle's father, the white father that she had, Meghan Markle's father actually has lineage to that crown. He has lineage to that crown. So it's not like she even married into the family. It's like he married his cousin. You know what I'm saying? And you know, old money, they always keep the money in the family. And we barked and gawked about, Oh, she's not black. She's biracial. How the fuck, y'all? And I, you know, I, I really want to start exposing people, talking about how how biracial she was. Y'all, the same people that was riding around for eight years talking about my president's black. My president's black. The same people. And I'm gonna tell you something. Both Meghan Markle and Barack Obama have in common. Not one time have they ever spoke about being proud about being black. Not one time have they ever. Addressed, uh, 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 um, has spoken out or, or, or dealt with an issue on the cause of black people. Not once. Y'all can talk about all the, you know, um, there's some people that will allude to his coded, you know, uh, push pushes for black progress and, you know, these bills over here that, you know what I'm saying, subliminally they're supposed to assist black people. When the gay agenda needed to be met, he wrote papers for the LGBTQ laws and policies. When the police department said, listen, we need you to stand behind us, the police unions, he wrote Blue Lives Matter laws and policies and edicts and, he's, and he pushed those politics through. In fact, they, um, the, the whole, all the Democrats that people voted for this past week, the majority of them approved the Blue Lives Matter packaging, which makes it you know, damn near impossible to even talk back to a police officer or questioning them when they're harassing you. Go check it out. I don't make these tales. I don't have to tell no tales. You know what I'm saying? So <clears throat> we 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 gotta get to the point, family, where we understand first and foremost the hypocrisy of this past weekend, specifically with that picture, right? I told you the three pictures from the plantation to the White House to the uh to the castle, right? The same people that will tell you that 
will disavow wanting to talk about slavery as part of our history. Will disavow wanting to acknowledge that slavery happened, the horrible conditions of slavery and how slavery has held us back. But yet still the same people are utilizing the pictures and the graphics of slavery to talk about black progress. As if our history started with slavery. Our history started way before slavery. And then let's be clear about who profits off of whose presence here. White monarchs and white dynasties have consistently fallen. European dynasties and monarchies have consistently fallen over the years. They fell to, the, to a point so bad that they were nearly wiped out. The Dark Ages, that people like to refer to time, that people like to refer to Dark Ages, which was the Golden Age in Africa. The Dark Ages, white, you know, you, you hear terms like vandalism. Well, vandalism comes from a tribe that used to be called the Vandals. And they were a wretched group in Europe. You know, the Vistikovs, you know what I'm saying? The Aryans and all these other tribes. These were tribes that were at war with each other, killing each other's off savagely. There's no point in, 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 in recorded history that the European was not at war with somebody. And when nobody was around, the European was at war with itself. That's why they had to turn their bloodlust on to Africa. And that's why they had to turn their bloodlust on to the new world. They needed new targets to feed their appetite of bloodlust. Gotta understand what you married into, man. So, so the, the world went no mean shit for us. But what it will do, and here's the part that we need to be paying attention to, is you hear us talk about how um, Princess Diana was a great humanitarian. And I'm not gonna take that away from her because you know, um, I, I haven't seen any negative things in history about her towards black people. Um, and they said that she raised her children to be humanitarians, right? So you're gonna see this big ass push the next few years into Africa. But see, because China has such a stronghold on Africa right now, you're gonna have, um, Deidre, you're funny for that one. <laughs> you're going to see this push towards recolonizing Africa because of, of, of newly discovered mineral deposits, oil deposits, you know, um, precious metals being found, and also the world's reliance on Colton. You know, Colton is what makes all of our smart devices work. You only find it in two places in the world. as North Korea and Africa. They ain't getting it from North Korea, all right? Okay, so what you're going to see, family, is you're going to see a, a new push. But you see, the, the European, the, 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 the current climate in Africa right now is not allowing for European colonization to come through with brute force like before. See, these Africans now got guns and they're tired of white people. So they're pushing, they're pushing the white man off of their land. They're getting the IMF, the International Monetary Fund. They're getting the World Bank out of their business and they're starting to collaborate with more internal African um, commerce, which is a good thing. What's going to happen is, family, they're going to try to backdoor their way into Africa through missionary work. And they're going to come as some type of crusader, like Bill Gates did. You know, they're going to show up offering goods and they're going to show up offering medicine, vaccines. They love vaccines, by the way. They're going to show up showing all these different things. And then they're going to try to backdoor their way into Africa this time. They can't use brute force. And then they're going to try to do it under the guise of humanitarianism. All right. There's going to be a humanitarian aspect. And they're going to, you know, use Meghan Markle's blackness, whatever part of her that is black. They're going to use that to backdoor their way into Africa. And let's keep in mind now, 
This is the same Prince Harry at age 20 had a funky little masquerade party where everybody was in blackface, wearing clan outfits, swastikas, and the whole shebang. All right? This is the same Harry. Now, everybody black wants to, uh, you know, plantation explain why he was able to do these things. They want to plantation explain that, oh, he was young and we want to forgive him. And somehow we're so forgiven to these goddamn crackers. It makes no fucking sense to me how so forgiven we are to them. But yet and still, let a brother and sister look at you the wrong way, you'll be keying their fucking cars. We got to get over this shit, family. We got to stop exhibiting self-hatred toward each other and realize who our real enemies are. We got to really stop paying attention to that part, family. You know what I'm saying? Because the same people that wanted to forgive Dylan Roof for shooting up that church would have knocked your fucking head off if you would have bumped into their car or stepped on their good shoes on that good Sunday. And we got to get, so we got to deal and scream what kind of, <laughs> y'all killing me tonight in the comment section. That's right. <clears throat> and it's funny how we go through that fantasy shit, right? Because I'm, I'm glad you put that up, Brother Samara. The Wakanda Forever shit, where white folk give black people the permission to be black empowered. That's, and listen, an actual quote from somebody. <clears throat> this, was, this is a quote during the, um, during the Black Panther movie. I want to thank, I want to thank Mar Marvel Comics for allowing black people to be unapologetically black. If you got, if somebody has to allow you, you're not unapologetic about anything. You're not, you're not even free. If somebody has to allow you to do something. And that's become the problem, family. <clears throat> the mindset of us right nowadays is we can't see any part of our future outside, uh, outside of this Caucasian. We can't see any part of our existence without the aid and assistance of this Caucasian. If white people got up and left the United States right now, if all white people got on a big ass spaceship and went to a different planet, there would be so much mourning in the black community. You would see black people trying to take um, hubcaps, batteries, and, um, and, and, and cell phone wiring and try to create a spaceship to follow those bastards. You, you would have black people climbing on the top of trees trying to jump on the back of one of them goddamn spaceships to keep following white folk. That's the mental side that's been going on in our community today. That's the mental side we have to fix and fit and get better with. <clears throat> okay, we got okay. I got got to remember my family over in um YouTube. Peace and Black Power KCC man. I see you, Joe. I see you, Joe. That's right. <clears throat> um. Oh, the Nazi. The family is German and Nazi. The the British family is German and Nazi. What's going on, fam? German family, British and Nazi. The, the, first of all, you need anybody need to do research into, you know, um, Buckingham Palace. You will know that those are the, the, the they were German. They were wine. They were uh, I forget what their damn name was, but they changed their names because they wanted to be accepted as British monarchy. So they changed their names. And, you know, it became Windsor, it became all those different names and dukes and duchess. But these are all Nazis. All Nazis, heavily invested in Hitler, by the way, heavily invested. They, they helped create Hitler. They helped fund eugenics, the eugenics movement. They have, they have done so much harm to black people. And why are we, why are we so quick to, 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 to turn a blind eye to their, to their fuckery to us? But yet and still, you know, we want to turn around 
and, uh, and, and hurt and harm and kill each other for minor infractions. You know, that's something we have to deal with, family. You know, that's something we have to deal with. Um, so that, that, that gets inside of sort of like into that empower. So, we, you know, the, the movement to push towards black independence. And this is why I tell everybody I need to watch the Independence Day Project because everybody that watches the Independence Day Project, you know, they're like, man, man, fuck this white cat. Let's let's go do our thing. You know, we don't need white folk. When we showed you the blueprint, the Independence Day Project, it's oh shit. It's that easy. All we have to do is give ourselves permission to 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 walk off the plantation. That's all we have to do. We don't need for their permission. We don't need for no incident to occur. We don't need to be reactionary. No, that's in the Independence Day Project. So now we got this situation with the NFL, right? Now we got the situation with the NFL. And um, oh, your brother Edward, yeah, that's true. Your education It's not education, it's training. You got to be specific about that. Um, Dr. Bobby Wright was very, very, very clear about the fact that you get education from your family, from your community. You get training from these European institutions. You know what I'm saying? You get training from your European institutions. That's all. We're not supposed to take the ideologies back home. We're only supposed to take the information we need back home to, to build up our communities. If we had gone on that code and we had maintained that code of conduct, we wouldn't be dealing with the type of you know division in our community now and, and mass confusion. So let's talk about more division and mass confusion. Let's talk about this thing called the NFL. The NFL. The NFL, um, they just announced today that they, peace, um, Brother Neptune, um, Brother Bowers, peace and black power to you, brother. Wakusu um, family also, wake up, clean up, stand up, Wakusu. Um, I, 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 uh, my apologies for not make, bringing the greeting first. Um, <clears throat> you know what I'm saying? We, at some point, family, we have to have a level of commitment to to essentially what is sacred and black about us. What is sacred and love about who we are. This whole thing with the NFL, the NFL came out, um, I think it was today. Might have been yesterday or today. And they announced that from this day forward, any team that allows its players to kneel before the national, um, the national anthem, excuse me, they would um they would be penalized and fined. So they basically wrote a rule that bypassed the First Amendment. But I keep telling black people, none of the amendments matter to us. They don't see us as citizens. So because they don't see us as citizens, none of those laws and rules matter. Please go back and look at the Dred Scott decision of 1857, <coughs> where it stated that <coughs> Judge Joseph Taney stated. Uh, under the Supreme Court ruling, it only, not only was Dred Scott property and to remain a slave, but that he he didn't even have a right to appear in a court. That a black man, African man, African descendant, descendants of African slaves or otherwise, had no right that white men were duty bound to respect. That law, see, you gotta understand how laws and policies work. That particular, um, <clears throat> that particular ruling 
is how other policies are put in place. It's how stand your ground laws are put in place. It's how redlining laws are put in place. All those things come from the top down when you deal with the legal precedents of when those things are put in place. So if you're not studying the legal precedents, you're not studying, what's up, babe? <coughs> you're not studying how those things work, then you have then you have no understanding. And like nearly full of states, if you don't understand what white supremacy is, what it does, and how it works, then everything else will stand, everything else you see will confuse you. And what we have is a lot of people who have never taken time to truly study white supremacy. We have a lot of us, unfortunately, have never understood the policies and the practices that even understand that white supremacy is a, is a system. You know what I'm saying? We have got to get on board with recognizing, with studying them like they have studied us. So this whole push for the NFL has nothing to do with the policy, with the protests uh, in terms of our regard. First and foremost, they switched it to begin with. Remember, Colin Kaepernick said this was to address the police brutality and immoral treatment of black people by law enforcement. You remember that? Now, he softened his language up, but, you know, whatever. They changed into being disrespectful about the flag. Remember how they did that? They, they hooked me. They flipped it on us. And then we started arguing about why it's not disrespectful to the flag. Well, I ain't going to give a fuck about the flag. The purpose for him taking the knee was because he was protesting police brutality and police terrorism. So what happened was, see, black people, we, we really aren't codified. We really didn't stick to the whole protest. I can tell you right now that 95% of the people I know said, fuck that protest. I can tell you that right now. All right? I can tell you that right now. 95% of the people I know said the hell with that protest. So it wasn't black people. <clears throat> But they did suffer a hit because they started losing white viewers. And the white viewers said, if y'all are not going to kick these Negroes out the league, well, they said niggas. <laughs> y'all ain't going to kick these niggas out the league. Then we're not going to um, we're not going to watch. And see, unlike us, they stuck to it. So when those numbers start dropping, when those numbers start dropping and white folks said, fuck this, we're out. You know, they changed up their, they, halfway through the season, they changed up their strategy. They stopped showing the protesters. They stopped showing the, the players during the national anthem. But it didn't matter. Those white viewers still said, fuck the NFL. They're not coming back. And they literally did that. They literally did that. They did not come back. So this head, this move, um, Steve Bushy, the uh, owner of the Baltimore Ravens, even came out and said, listen, I would love to have signed Colin Kaepernick, but my fans, they said they don't want no parts of that shit. I can't fuck around with these numbers that are about to come in. And his starting quarterback got hurt, like a, a torn knee, he tore his knee up like an MCL, ACL injury. He went to the he went to the season with free agents off the streets playing quarterback. We had a person that was three years ago, <coughs> excuse me, three, four years ago, Colin Kaepernick was in the Super Bowl. So they know who they're playing to. <clears throat> Excuse me, y'all. Ah, you know what I mean? <clears throat> um, so we we have to look into what it is that's gonna make black people say, you know what? 
enough of this rugged individualism, enough of this free will stuff that we claim to be on is not working for us. It's not even working for the individuals who believe that it was working for. You know what I'm saying? It's not working for them. It's not working for the individuals who, uh, you know what I'm saying, thought that by just sticking their nose in the ground and pretending like they don't see what's happening around them, now all of a sudden they're being targeted. What you've been seeing over the last few weeks and the last few years is the black middle class, specifically upper black middle class and the so-called black 1%, have all been targeted somewhere, somehow from white supremacy. Y'all looked at Bill Cosby and y'all thought, you know, oh, Bill Cosby earned that shit. And he probably did. He probably did trying to be just like those nasty bastards he was hanging with. Hugh Hefner and all the white, sick, sick, sick bastards of Hollywood, you know, trying to fit in, get him where he fed in, you know what I'm saying, with all of them. He probably did do some slick shit. But when they came after him, they didn't have anything legal to bind him with. They didn't have anything, any, any laws, or they didn't have any evidence to lie. The, the average person on trial with that could beat that with a lawyer off the street. So this man used millions of dollars for his defense and still got arrested and still got, you know, hit for that. That's a that's a red flag for the rest of the community. I'm not talking about his guilt or innocence. I'm talking about what you could actually prove. Um, because I cannot, I don't have any feelings one way or another about Bill Cosby. I, I, I'm not invested in him like that. I'm invested in the community. I'm invested in the people that he was complaining about pulling their pants up and this, that, and the other, speaking of proper English. This, that, and the other. I'm invested in them. I'm not invested in Bill Cosby. But what happens to Bill Cosby is a, a, is a shot across the bow for the rest of the black community. And as soon as we get out of our emotions, we can start seeing things that way. All right? But when we get back to, um, see, it wasn't just Bill Cosby. Um, a lot of y'all probably, probably went right under the radar. But the SEC, the Security and Exchanges Commission, they're now investigating Jay-Z. They might penalize Jay-Z and his businesses and enterprises and break up his businesses and enterprises right now based on a sale he did with Rockefeller. See what I mean? They're, you know what I'm saying? Um, <laughs> you're right, DJ. You're right. But you know these Negroes can't put down the coffee. That's another message, too. That's another thing. See, family, coming back to the NFL thing, and, the, uh, and, the, and, and Bill Cosby, you know, when, when Malcolm X put up, when, when he stated um, during that um, the, the message to the grassroots about how black people cannot put down their cup of coffee, cannot turn away that cup of coffee when offered by the establishment, that cup of coffee was synonymous with a whole bunch of things. That cup of coffee was synonymous with, you know, um, just, just extend, accepting their extended hand to be in the same room with them, to do business with them. And to, to engage in the shenanigans with them. And see, as you see, Bill Cosby engaged in the shenanigans with them and got caught up. A lot of these politicians right now, local politicians, they got caught up in the same shenanigans, backdoor deals with the white politicians. Somehow, some way, the white politicians are allowed amnesty as they testify against their black asses. And a lot of them are getting locked up and going away to jail for a long fucking time. Got to understand, family, this ain't our game. So when we start talking about building up black empowerment, then the NFL protests, y'all Negroes, I'm, I'm, and, I, and I'm, I'm speaking specifically to y'all who just can't give up this addiction. If you can't sacrifice stuff, then why do you even talk about black empowerment? If you can't sacrifice a Sunday afternoon where you should be out doing something helpful, doing something um, bountiful, um, fruitful in your community, helping out, going out, being around children or building, you know, um, 
dealing with the, the, the growing crisis of food, desert that we have in our community, doing something, being part of the building. If you can't do that on a Sunday, if you have to be in front of that TV and addicted to football, then you shouldn't even be talking about black empowerment anymore. You shouldn't even be engaging in conversations toward the improvement of the conditions of black people because then you're not interested. You're, you're, um, ah, you see the boys in blue riding by. You're not interested in the same things. We're, we're, if you're talking black liberation and independence, but yet and still the NFL, you know, is hurting your feelings by, you know what I'm saying, telling you that this integration is, you know, um, institution, not even integrations, this assimilated, assimilation institution where they just assimilated black talent to put on the field as rich white business owners slice up the pie uh, and, and profit off of their labor once again. If you if you can't step away from that family, then you, then we can't really rely on you for black empowerment. We can't rely on you to be consistent with us because we see your price. They see your price. They know what you could be bought for. When you can't put down that cup of coffee in Starbucks, when you say, I need my mocha lot of chocolate, blah, blah, whatever the hell, they already know your price. Let Starbucks have disrespected a Jew. One Jew. They would have never gotten another Jewish nickel. Do you know that there are Jewish people to this day that won't ride in German made cars? Do y'all know that? I know, I know people who know people who say they had, they were literally about to go somewhere. And a, and a Jewish person that was with them said, oh, I don't get in that car. I don't give a fuck about no Mercedes Benz. I don't give a fuck about no BMW. I don't get into that. I'm, I, I don't, I, we don't, we, he's, we don't do that. We know what the Germans did to us. We know what the Germans allowed to happen to us. We don't fuck with them to this day. And they're still getting reparations from Germany. In America. <laughs> That's called intestinal fortitude. That's called having civic pride, family. And you got to have a certain semblance of civic pride, civic pride and functionality in order for anybody to take you seriously. The reason why they can say this is because they know that even, seven, even though 70% of the NFL are black, those Negroes don't have no intestinal fortitude. Those Negroes don't have any accountability to the community, and they know we're not going to hold them accountable. They know that those Negroes, listen, if we told those football players, you can't have access to any more, any, any more gifts from our community, no more love from our community, then you might have something. Then you might, but we know that there's going to be Negroes within our midst that's going to say, y'all just hate. That's, you know, hating. You know the word that when we don't want to be accountable for anything, we just start calling people haters. You know, y'all just hating on this, y'all just hating on that. You know what I'm saying? You know, that's the that's those are the terms we allow to to sort of disarm us instead of calling it out for what it is. And what it is is family is the fact that we don't have a backbone, we don't have standards, we don't have any type of thing that anything that's a, a glue factor to keep us together. And until that change. You're going to see all the bad things in the world happen to us. It's kind of like, you know how you deal with a, um, a person that's a sick, they're kind of like sick-minded, you know? They're a little twisted. So they, they're they predatorial in nature, but they're not going to fuck with nobody that 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 can actually give, do harm to them. 
They're not going to mess with nobody that could bring harm to them. But they'll find that small defenseless animal and they'll start hacking away and knifing up at, you know, um, mutilating animals. And then they'll start attacking homeless people who don't have an, uh, who can't defend themselves. They'll start attacking children. And eventually those predators will attack women. Eventually, they'll keep doing that shit until somebody catches them in the act and holds them accountable. But the one thing they'll never do, the one thing they'll never do is attack anybody that's powerful, anybody that has people, anybody that has the ability to fuck them up. They won't do that. Well, that's white supremacy with us. See, we're that cat that can be mutilated. We're that dog that can be burned up and, and that, that strand, that, that dog that's out there just wandering the block, malnourished, nothing to eat. That's us. We're that child that's left alone and nobody's paying attention to. And so, you know, you can snatch us up and, and drag us into the woods and, and do all sorts of disgusting shit. We're, that's us, the white supremacy, because we're not working together. We're not working on a, we're not, we haven't built a culture that says community is what we need. Community is how we build nationhood is what we are. We haven't built that. So basically speaking, it's like when America wanted to go into Iraq, they said, listen to all Iraq's allies. Listen, we need for y'all to just step back for a second. We're going to fuck them up real quick. And we just need for y'all to turn a blind eye. Everybody said, cool, took their little pocket change. And America went in there and was able to just bomb these motherfuckers back into the Stone Ages. Because they didn't allow, they didn't have their allies, they weren't they, they weren't linked up with other people. Iran got smart. America tried that same shit with Iran. And what happened? Iran said, I'm gonna go tap my Chinese cousin. Let me go get my big homie over here in Russia. And we're not gonna allow for anybody to do that shit though. So at some point, and they went and they had a unified front. At some point, the black community has to have a unified front. This rugged individualism is killing us. This whole idea of I could do by myself is killing us. The breakdown of the black family is killing us. Not being able to see your brother and sister need and, and instead of whipping out your cell phone, you know, rolling up your sleeves. And, and, and tackling and tangling and, and, and getting in the mix with whoever is bothering one of us, yo, it's it, it, it that that's missing. At some point, we have to start having unified meeting, and we have to start kicking collaborators and non-black people out of our business. If you want to deal with the whole concept of uh, an NFL strike. Listen, if the talent is all black, why is it that we can't just say fuck them and walk off the plantation? How much money is enough money to say, you know what? I have purchased my freedom papers. How much money is enough money to start your own shit? But like I said, you need to have initiative and you need to be able to see yourself free of white supremacy. I promise you, if the 70% of the NFL is black, watch the Independence Day Project, at least half of them would have the mindset to say, you know what? I can literally see myself without these white motherfuckers. I can literally see myself in a world free of their bullshit. 
I can literally see myself. I promise you. Exactly, Sister Deja, we have no villages. Brother Ever, you said um, we haven't learned 500 years that money alone is worthless. Exactly. We hoard money and not what money can do for us. Crazy. Let me see what we got over here on uh, YouTube. KC said, have you thought about partnering up with Dr. Claude Anderson? Uh, Dr. Claude Anderson is very exclusive about who he deals with, man. <laughs> Maybe you need to put a bug in his ear. Tell him to holler at a brother. <laughs> I love Dr. Claude Anderson. I credit Dr. Claude Anderson actually with helping refocus in my mindset in regards to the urgency that the black community is dealing with. You know, we're running out of time. You know what I'm saying? We're, we're running out of time, fam. You know, um, that's the that's the urgency in what we have to work with because they they are they have created policies here in Philadelphia that are so fucking scary that if you were paying attention to them, you would see the writing on the wall. You would literally see the clock winding down. You would see the grains of sand fall through the hourglass if you were actually paying attention to some of the policies that, that were just were passed recently by the black controlled city council of Philadelphia. You would be very, very scared. The property rights that are about to be exploited, the the the, the, the empowerment zones that have been created, um, the new codes for you know what how your house can be deemed um, unfit and unlivable, all those different things, um, the, the different um, gentrification codes that, that they put in place that, that allow for more pillaging of our communities and you know I mean, and, and listen, gentrification is not just a local thing. This is what's going on internationally with black communities all over the place. This is why th that gentrification, that's why you had the royal wedding. That's why you had the royal wedding, gentrification, global gentrification. They call it um, austerity. Look up that term, austerity. That's what they call it, austerity, when corporations can come in and and uh, um and these corporations masquerading as governments come in and pretty much pillage whole countries pillage whole communities that's what's happening that's what that was that was a big ass land grab that took place over the weekend a big land grab and on the day we should have been celebrating malcolm x's birthday you know um which you know i mean i always think of some sinister shit behind things that are planned just like meek mill was freed here in philly on mamiya's birthday I mean, Abu Jamal's birthday, they released Meek Mill from jail, and he was some type of political prisoner. That's going to come back. They're going to use Meek Mill to try to get um, this worthless-ass uh, Mayor uh, Kenny reelected. Anyway, uh, <laughs> we, we, we have to really get on, on code. There's a book out that I want y'all to read. There's two books, actually, if you get a chance. One's written by a brother from South Africa. One's written by a European. But if you read it, you'll understand our dilemma a lot, a lot more clearly. Um, <clears throat> one of the books that you should probably read is um, one of the books you have to read is um, Kafir Boy. That's Kafir Boy, K-A-F-F-I-R Boy, but written by a brother named Mark Mathabane, Mark Mathabane, excuse me. And he was an inspiring tennis player in South Africa. And he's talking about South African apartheid. And when you read that book, read that book and then take a, take a gander at what's happening in your city. And tell me if the cities in America aren't mirroring South African apartheid. I've actually been saying this for like 20 years. For like 20 years, I've been saying 
the streets are actually closer to 30 years. I'm not, I'm not going to say 30 years, about 25 years. I've been saying ever since I've read that book that the streets in America are starting to resemble, they're starting to resemble, um, the cities are starting to resemble South African apartheid. You know what I'm saying? <clears throat> so check out that book, um, Kaffir Boy. Also, check out that book, The Path of, Re of Least Resistance. Path of Least Resistance. If you read The Path of Least Resistance, and that's written by um, a guy by the name of Robert Fritz, Path of Least Resistance. If you read that book, you'll start to see why all these pushes that we do, all these movements that we do fail. And it's because we do it from the idea of fixing the problem rather than creating a solution. And that was the whole purpose behind the Independence Day Project. Independence Day Project was about creating a reality where our main obstacle wasn't there. So creating a reality of, of empowered black communities where these disruptive white supremacists were not there. And building it. And protecting it. That's what the Independence Day Project is about. That's what the National Black Liberation Front is about. Building an African nation within America, but also ultimately throughout the diaspora. African nationhood. That's what the National Black Liberation Front is about. That's when you see us with the hashtag MBLF. We greet each other with kusu because we've woken up, we're cleaning up, and we're standing up. And we need the family to do so too. So, you know what I'm saying? <clears throat> we have to Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, Joe. Kaffir boy, Kaffir is a Kaffir is like the word nigger in America. <clears throat> that's what the Boers of South Africa where that's the word they use to call black people. And um, everybody's friend Gandhi. Gandhi loved black people so much that he called them Kaffirs every fucking day when he was living in South Africa. <laughs> he said black people were the dirtiest motherfuckers he ever met. Nasty, smelly, stinky, and bereft of intelligence. That's y'all man, Gandhi. You know what I'm saying? We need to be on code, family, with black empowerment and black liberated struggle. And we can't be on code with people who think integration, um, acts of integration are progress for black people. We're headed in two different directions. Two different directions. Our policies are not even the same. The things we're shooting for are not even the same. There's nothing similar about anything we're trying to build. Nothing, nothing similar, you know, um, to think that the royal wedding, the so-called royal wedding, is a step up for black people is a spit in the face of the fact you have so much African royalty to this day. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Rip the, the, you know what I'm saying? We have African royalty to this day. And then the only African royalty we want to celebrate is in the goddamn um, Marvel universe. We don't even want to celebrate the African royalty that's in our face. This, this whole idea of begging white folk to be nicer to us. This shit is not going to work. They, are, they, they don't work from that emotional plane that we do. The, uh, uh, the emotional existence that we share. They don't work from that. They work from an operation. There's a, they're, they're void of emotion. And because they're void of emotion, they're not dealing with the, the grappling with the feelings and the morality that we bring to the table. So we try to be emotional and we say shit like we want to, we just want our voices heard. I can tell you, you can scream as loud as you want. Nobody's listening. It's not until we start taking our energy and efforts and becoming internal and, to, and becoming intentional 
about building up black institutions, about building up black communities. It's not until we become, um, and it's not until we become intentional about those things that we'll see a change. Intentional about, you know, um, teaching black history. I don't care what part of black history you teach. Just teach it, learn it, share it. Um, learning about the different movements, not just though in Africa, but here in America and of the entire diaspora that were profitable and beneficial to black people and black culture. Building up black culture where there is a level of accountability within the culture for our people. And that you have to be accountable for your actions because your actions represent the mass. And that your actions cannot be seen as treasonous. We can't deal with plantation splainers. You're sitting there, you know, oh, I just wanted to step out on the community and enjoy, you know, this 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 um, bountiful white wedding. No, no, no. That's not part of what we do. You, you, you stepped out on us. You can't come back in. You know what I'm saying? You've shown us who you are. I was surprised and shocked that so many people that showed pet that, that were, I'm telling you, that, that was some deflating shit <laughs> to see people who you thought, who you thought with schooled in black empowerment culture to see them gushing over this this so-called wedding on Malcolm X Day. <laughs> couple of y'all tried to make a comeback. I saw that. A couple of y'all tried to make a comeback. I don't know, man. Y'all suspect. Gotta be able to trust you. You can't just keep letting people in and out. We gotta have standards. Because, you know, um, as my man Ryan Bethea said, there is no in and out. We need consistency. We need consistency in this push for black empowerment. So, you know, in terms of uh, the love affairs some of us have with these Europeans, I'm, down, I'm, I'm, I'm not for it. In terms of this whole compassion thing you try to swing, I'm not with it. You know, like I said, man, um, nobody has compassion for us. We're the only fools who think we can win over hatred with love the people who have shown bona fide hatred towards us, who have shown consistency in their hatred towards us, and not only their hatred, but their love of their system, their system, their culture of survival. You know what I'm saying? They've been consistent with it. So we have to start being consistent with empowering ourselves. You know what I mean? Um, until then, family, you know, we're going to consistently have small numbers of people roving bands of people small numbers exercising in black empowerment while the rest of the community suffers suffers the consequences of wanting inclusion into the proximity of whiteness wanting to you know uh, be a part of the system and wanting to, and wanting to feel as though you know the first black person here the first black person there is progress for black people no it ain't how can it be progress for black people when they're benefiting off your talent they're not benefiting off, you're not benefiting off of their talent, they're benefiting off of yours. And they're compensating you for it. Very little by pity to the law. You know, <clears throat> I'm just gonna say this. <clears throat> I'm just gonna say this and I'm gonna sign off. Think about the all the empires, the European empires that fell apart. They grew, they grew and grew until they went to a critical mass and they fell, they, they collapsed on themselves. Greed with power, lust, and you know, lust for war and a lust for, you know, um, all sorts of perverted sex and shit like that. They all fell apart until 
they were able to come into Africa, steal our resources, and steal our resources. See, the, the minerals in the ground weren't the only resources, family. The capital, the bounty, were our ancestors themselves. Now, why did this empire seem to be the most powerful empire in the world right now, the most regularly built? Well, it was built off of all of our talent. Think about how big these cities are. How would these cities be able to run if you didn't have stoplights, ways to navigate traffic? How would you be able to feed gross numbers of populations, even for all the food additives, if they weren't able to refrigerate the trucks or to refrigerate the food period? You cannot support a mass of people that's big without having those um, steps and technology. That's all from our ancestors. The, the, the reason we can navigate at night, at nighttime, that's Lewis Latimer. You see, they benefit off of us. We don't benefit off of them. The first black person to do this, the first black people to do that. Why, why can't they be the first white person to be honorable and actually acknowledge what they've stolen from us? Why can't they be honorable and acknowledge the things they've done because it's not in their culture, it's not in their making, it's not in their spirit. It's not who they are. So we got to stop pretending. Bobby, um, Dr. Bobby Wright said, um, one of the worst things is to believe something to be true or, or to, to, to think something is true just because we wish for it to be. So we got to stop pretending like we live in a world where shit like like we have a like this this whole american dream this great country this is not a great country for black people this country is great because of black people if it wasn't for black people peace of black power king if, if it wasn't for black people this country wouldn't be shit. our ingenuity is what made this country what it is our mindset is what made this country what it is how can you repair people from the battlefield without blood plasma dr charles drew made sure you could You know what I'm saying? All sorts of things. Hey, damn, 70% of which of what we use today came from the skillful hands of black people. And the pathology of it all is we think none of this shit would be possible without them. When in truth of the matter, none of this shit would be possible without you. And the sooner you wake up to realizing that you don't need them to be great. And you don't need them to call upon each other. And you don't need no incident. You don't need no mass murder. You don't need no tragic accident to happen or no tragic situation to happen for us to start coming together and working under the umbrella of black empowerment. We don't need no permission. And we don't need no, no, no galvanizing force other than the fact that we need self-love. We need to start loving who we are. I ain't talking about the people. The person you see when you look in the mirror. Being happy, you don't need those eyelashes. Your eyelashes are perfect. You don't need no makeup, no blush, no mascara. The sun has kissed you in a way that blesses you in a way that nobody else can, can even inhibit. The sun has blessed your melanin, baby. And you are beautiful without any motherfucking makeup on. And your spirit and compassion. We don't have enemies from within. We have an agitated, uncomfortable positions with each other. But our real enemy is the one who made us uncomfortable. The one who has consistently, on a, on a daily basis, 24 hours of the day, has focused on learning about who we are to keep us at each other's throat so that we don't deal with them. 
It's all in our hands, family. NFL strike or the NFL um, protest. Don't watch it. Prove that you're stronger than that. Prove that you're better than that. Prove that being black means more to you than watching these motherfuckers play around, play a game all day long, or they make millions, making millions, and, and, and then turn around and make other people billions while you sit there and lose hours of pro productivity a week. Prove that you don't need their coffee. Prove that you don't need to eat in their establishments or their restaurants. Prove that, family. Just for the sake of saying, you know what? This thing of ours is more important. This thing of ours is more important. So that's it, family. Make sure y'all go out and grab your copy of the Independence Day Project. I'm trying to tell y'all it's the best thing smoking right now, but you know, I can't all, I can't convince you if you ain't if you don't want to be convinced. You know what I mean? Go out and grab the Independence Day Project. And family, till then. Peace and black power. Wakusu family. We will win. Yeah. I want it all for my peoples. That's why I stay tall for my peoples. I always go hard for my peoples. I do the research just to the front for my peoples. I raise my kids for my peoples. And hopefully they will live for my people. I do the bridge for my